Hello, everybody. So, this week on the Little Bit Out West podcast, we are going to be talking about a sensitive subject. We're going to be talking about love and all of the different attributes and aspects of that based on an experience that I had. Whenever the subject of love comes up, it always seems to me like things have to be defined and then redefined to this crazy degree before we can be clear about what we're saying. There are so many of these subjects that because they're deep and because society is where it is, there are a lot of different assumptions that we have to agree to. There are a lot of words that have to be defined and and we have to be speaking the same language in order for us to be able to understand each other. That usually takes quite a bit of time, and a lot of people aren't willing to sit around and listen to that, especially in our culture. We've sort of gotten to this place where we just judge things quickly, and we think we know what somebody's talking about or what they're saying, and then we just jump to our own conclusions and then nobody really wants to consider the possibility that they may not even know what they're talking about. So when we're talking about love, many people in their desire to express love, they have this idea that it is love to give in to the demands of the person that they love, quote unquote. There's this idea in the church especially, that Jesus was, quote, kind and gentle. Scripture doesn't really bear that out. Even though Jesus was always walking in love, he actually, when you read these stories, it's very rare that he was gentle. He says a lot of really hard things, and he makes no excuses about it. And while it's true that love is kind and gentle, at times, there is a proper time and place for those qualities to be expressed. And there are there's a time when love comes out differently. The part of love that a lot of people don't like to talk about is that part where we have to say no. We've been raised in this culture that's gone into this ditch on the other side of the road and it's probably because the generation before mine, anyway, a lot of people thought of that generation as being harsh. They went through a hard time. They went through World War II. And the people who came back from World War II, those men came back with a life or death kind of attitude. Their parents had gone through the Depression. There was a seriousness to life that just didn't translate into the next generation of children. The people who were raised during the, the Great Depression, and they went through the World Wars, a lot of people have characterized them as unloving and harsh and unable to express love and abusive. And during the 50s and 60s, at least in America, there was this huge push towards allowing children to just do whatever they wanted. Parents were encouraged to get rid of discipline and regimen of almost any kind. Quote-unquote freedom was the byword. Schools and churches began to be more lenient and open to quote-unquote free thinking. And I don't think that's a bad thing, and I'm not saying one is better than the other necessarily. 
Having said that, though, love means caring, and caring means doing what is best in a given situation. Sometimes gentleness is what's called for, and sometimes violence is what's called for. The problems always come when we get those things confused. I had something happen to me once that really changed my way of thinking forever. There was this guy, and he came to the church for help. He claimed he was wanting direction and guidance, but really all of his actions indicated that he was just another person wanting a handout. But we wanted to help him, and, you know, we believed that we could reach him. And so we counseled with him, and we prayed with him, and we said a lot of the right things. And it made us think that he was receiving the ministry we were giving. And then one day, he was in a real need, and we just couldn't seem to meet that need without a radical sacrifice. And I wasn't really willing at that point to do what he wanted done. So I asked the Lord, what do I do about this guy? What should I do? And in my mind, I heard a clear answer, and I heard, put him back in the street. I really didn't know how to respond to that. I mean, it seems so unloving. At first, I thought I must have misheard God, and so I continued praying and asking, and every time I asked, he kept saying, put him back in the street. And I argued with God, and I I just couldn't get him to see it my way. So after a while, I finally said, Lord, I can't do that. That's not loving, and it's not Christian, and I'm not doing it. And so I knew this person who sometimes took in strays, and so I took him over to their house to introduce them. But they weren't home, and so... I told the guy, I said, here, just wait right here. They're going to be home in just a little bit, and they'll probably give you a place to stay and, and, and help take care of you. So I left, and I felt like I had done everything I could do to help this guy, except that a few days later, I found out that he had broke into the house while he was waiting, and he took the TV, and he took the stereo, and he took the car, and he took off for Mexico. And I learned through that, that you have to listen to God even when he says things that don't really make sense. Because I just didn't understand. I didn't understand where this guy was. He didn't really want help. He just wanted someone to give him what he wanted. And since I wasn't willing to do that, he just took it from somebody else. And what I learned through that is that sometimes love is saying no. Sometimes love is refusing to bow to the pressure of what other people say love is. In our society, we are expected to accept a lot of different things. We are supposed to accept immoral lifestyles as though it's normal. 
The funny thing about this is this has been done over and over and over. And every time, it always turns out the same. Destructive lifestyles, people who don't live in fellowship with each other, who take from each other, who steal from each other, who are unfaithful, who are destructive to themselves and others, it creates this breakdown in society because society is built on trust. Without trust, you can't have a working society. A society without trust self-destructs. Everyone knows that. It's just that not, not very many people really want to admit that or spell it out. For myself, growing up during the freedom years of the 70s and 60s, we always thought that freedom meant being able to do whatever you wanted. And I still believe that to a certain extent. But freedom includes thinking about other people. Because a strictly selfish, anarchic style of living is only temporary and it is self-destructive and it cannot last. Not because we're not evolved enough, but because without trust and without generosity, you cannot conduct business at a level where you can have that sense of justice in the world. And eventually that creates grief and that creates a desire for vengeance and retribution. And then we start destroying one another through our desire to enforce our own level of justice. This is what the Bible was talking about in the history of the Jewish nation where there was a period of time where the Bible says every man did as he saw best. There was a period of time where the nation of Israel was in this state of anarchy. And we can see, played out right there in the Bible for our example, we can see how that turns out and what happens. It's a little bit like watching the TV show The 100. And if you haven't seen that, I really recommend it because what you see there enacted over several seasons is they start one type of government and it fails, and they start another type of government and it fails, and they start another type of government and it fails. And you see the march of history from the very beginning, the evolution of law and order, the evolution of society and politics, and you begin to see that none of these earthly forms of government are going to be able to survive for any period of time because people are destructive and selfish and self-centered and self-serving. This is why we're waiting for Jesus, because only he, King Jesus, only he can be king. He's the only one qualified to be king. And anytime we put someone or something else in his place, we're going to fail every time. Love means honesty. Love means truth. And without those things, a society cannot coexist for any period of time at all. 
as long as there are selfish people willing and able to take power over other people, there will be injustice, there will be decay, there will be destruction. And people wonder, well, why couldn't I make it into heaven? Why couldn't this other person make it into heaven? They seem like a good person. Are they a good person? Do they actually think of others, or are they thinking only of themselves? And this is not something we can do on our own. It's not like I can just want to think of other people because I'm a selfish being just like everyone else. This is why, I mean, this is the gospel, isn't it? I mean, it's this is the whole point of salvation is, is that we can't save ourselves. And so we have to have a Savior because only he can put into us what needs to be there for our own and society's salvation. We're never going to get there by welfare or political power or social programs. We're just not ever going to get there. It's not possible because we're selfish and we're self-serving and we can't consistently think of each other. And this is why we have to be changed from the inside out. Jesus comes in and remakes us into the person that we really want to be. And then we desire the things that God desires, and we actually are able to walk in love instead of only self-gratifying, self-serving, selfish ambition. I realize that's a lot of moralizing for some people. They kind of wish that there was a way that they could bring about societal change through these programs or changing the way people think. But it's not going to happen until we change from the inside out. And that's a process that happens one at a time, person by person. And that's why Jesus said the kingdom is like as a woman places yeast into a loaf of bread. If you put that yeast in the bread, then the bread begins to rise and it affects the entire loaf. Jesus said we're like salt in the earth. Believers are like salt because we affect each other in ways that we really don't have any idea. But it happens on a one-to-one basis in most cases. It doesn't happen by having the right king or the right president or the right prime minister. It happens by one person telling another person about how to become the kind of person they always wish they could be. And that only happens by God living inside of us and changing us from the inside out. So that's what I think. Tell me what you think. I'd love to hear your theories on the subject. And you can reach me through the website at jallensmith.com, J-A-Y-A-L-A-N-S-M-I-T-H.com. All right. Thanks for coming. It's great to see you. Thanks so much for being there. Oh, I just want to shout out to Jody. I know you're listening. Thanks for being there for me. I appreciate it a lot. And thank you to all the other people that are listening. I know I've got about 16, 18 faithful listeners, and you people are amazing. All right. See you next week. Bye-bye.